0: It's Fire away, Fire away Friday on Exploring the Word. This is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio.
1: Well, with an eye in the sky, a balloon from China floating over our country, and we don't know if it's watching or gathering data or intercepting signals, might be listening to Exploring the Word right now. So, China, we greet you and uh, turn to Jesus if the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, is listening to this via the weather balloon above America uh, we welcome you to hear about Christ and with that uh we welcome you to fireway Friday and I've got a question to kick things off but I want to give this number it's triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty eight 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 five eight nine eighty eight forty if you've ever wanted to raise your hand during a sermon now's your chance we'll take your questions all hour today on fireway friday but bert um the the balloon in the sky uh don't quite know what it's doing up there, but it reminds me of a question that I got by email, and somebody said, Alex, I heard you on a show, and you said that we might be in the last days. Uh, If we are in the last days, how would we know, this uh, listener asked, and why would you think we might be in the last days? Bert, there's a lot going on that might make people wonder, are we near the time of Christ's
2: return? I agree with you. Now, let's be biblical and say we've been in the last days for close to two thousand years Uh, when you read in the bible and it talks about the last days it is talking about the time between jesus and him returning to heaven at his ascension and then pentecost and then when christ would come back now i believe a more real way to say that are we in the last of the last days and i would say amen it is But honestly, we have been in the last days where people have been anticipating his return at any time. There wasn't anything hindering that, that he could come back at any time. But because of the issues that's going on today, and I'll tell you the biggest one that one of the biggest ones I have, Alex, is the lawlessness that's going around. You know, uh, that's what it talks about. The son of tradition of be seen and lawlessness will reign and lawlessness has been i I would say spreading throughout the world not just the united states and uh sometimes let me make this and i'll throw it back to you we look at the bible only through american eyes now listen uh i'm an american full fledged thankful for it but I also want to have a world view, not a not a secular world view, but a world view that God sees. So he's as interested in what's taking place in the Congo as he is in the United States. And mm-hmm. so, Alex, uh, that sometimes we have a hard time balancing that because America's been so strong in the last 200 years, kind of the center of of Amer uh, I would say world culture, you know.
1: Well, you know, Bert. I think one of the reasons that sometimes people on the, you know, on the left can be very dismissive of America is that maybe they don't realize what a vital role the United States has played in the Great Commission. And uh, you're it. right. Over the last two hundred years, now I would say over the last, really, one hundred and twenty-five years, especially, America has funded. So much of world missions and the gospel work has really gone forth boldly thanks to the United States of America. Let me give a little, on the last day's topic, a little bit of homework if I could. Over the weekend, folks, let me encourage you to read Matthew 24, really verse 4, Matthew 24, 4 and following. And then let me also encourage you to read 2 Timothy 3, uh, well, 12... Through seventeen, uh, and especially thirteen, and there, there's a lot we could say. But Bert, um, I agree with you. The lawlessness around the globe, and just there, there are so many moral uh, aspects to this, whether it be abortion, sexual deviancy, the redefinition of marriage. But there's there's been this lawlessness then all around the globe, and this this is huge. Um, the the wiring of the planet, and you know the Chinese that balloon uh folks, it's just amazing and and I want you to pray for our nation um because I got to tell you the idea that now for for two and three days, a spy uh, balloon would be in u s airspace above our nation, gathering data, doing uh, nobody really knows what at the very least, just to find out what technology is up there in that thing. I would think we would have captured it and brought it down. Uh, But, you know, I got to say, Bert, I really think as an American, uh, it's it's really demoralizing. Uh, But this balloon, one last thing, folks. They've been spying on us uh, through TikTok and bringing in videos that gather data and the Internet. And, folks, the planet is wired up right now. And the scenarios that we read in Revelation 4 through 20 of a global dictator taking absolute control of the planet, no one could buy or sell without the consent of whoever runs the
2: grid. Uh, yep. Bert, we're, we're just about there. I would that's say why. prime. We're primed for his coming. By yep. that, I, I mean, honestly, you see these days approaching... And they have. They're not just approaching, Alex. Much of what you just said is already here. We're not yes. waiting to see. We are seeing. So uh, I think and you need to be listening, really, uh, not looking ready. necessarily for all the, the, you know, the reasons why and the evidence. I think you need to be listening for the shout and be exactly. ready and be ready.
1: Well, if you want to call in, we're going to get as many questions as we can. We would love to hear from you. If you've got a Bible question, call in today to Exploring the Word. The number is 888 589 8840, and we'll do our best to get as many questions as we can. We're going to begin in Michigan, wonderful state of Michigan, talking to Scott. You're on Exploring the Word.
2: Good afternoon, brothers. Good afternoon, Good Scott. Ha- yeah.
3: I was just going to leave a quick comment with your call screener, but he wouldn't let me he says I think you need to go on Alex when you first talked about c c p when we started when the program started, and it came to my mind: Christ changes people <laughs> Christ changes populations
2: amen so it's
1: just a thought amen a thought. Uh, Scott, what a wonderful thought and indeed. Uh, Christ changes people. I thank the
2: Lord, Bert, that he changed
1: me and is
2: changing me. He continues. Uh, Robert, he knows what we love to hear. So he was doing that. And thank you, Robert, for letting Scott. It'd be much better coming from you, Scott, than it would have been Robert. So we're thanking you, brother. And And, uh, uh, Christ changes people. Uh, Amen. let Let me say about CCM, Christ changed me. He Amen. really did. Thank you, Scott. Wonderful.
1: Well, my home state of North Carolina, Michael in North Carolina, you're on
3: Exploring the Word.
4: Yeah, hello, I love your show. Uh,
3: well, thank you. I got a question I've been reading about and uh yoga, and it seems like it's uh well they're they're offering their bodies for our spirits to come into and it seems like it's something that's not talked about.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, we've had this talked about before, Michael, and if, if someone could do the stretching without the philosophy, Alex, you know, we, we've talked about that, you know, but that, that desire to be able to do the, the relaxation and the stretching and the sitting without the philosophy, uh, I'm, I'm not sure you can separate it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I I mean, like, I don't have a problem at all with um, churches having, uh, you know, a workout room and exercise programs, and I I do think, you know, physical fitness and sports programs and even, you know, like um, gymnasiums, I think those are fine outreach things to have. And like you say, calisthenics and stretching, no problem. But here's the thing, yoga is a spiritual practice. I mean, yoga absolutely has um, roots in Eastern religion, and there's uh, just all sorts of... I'm not even going to get into it all, although, Bert, when I was working for Dr. Dobson at Focus on the Family, we wrote rather extensively on this. And uh, you don't hear this as much as you did about the New Age movement, Bert. Do you remember the New Age yeah, movement sure and did. meditation? Transcendental, and, metal, yeah, transcendental yeah, meditation. And these chakras and these zones that you get in tune with the universe... Um, that's not biblical Uh, the only spirit that is to take possession of our mind and our body is the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit of God. So, Hey, exercise, go for it. Start programs. That's great. But let's, let's not, uh, baptize it in
2: Eastern, uh, Hinduism. Let's make it Christian. I believe that Bert. Amen. Don't give room to the devil. And that's the whole idea. And, uh, I, I just—you have to watch that. Be on guard. Guard your hearts, and that's what I would suggest. And I'm not sure you're going to be able to, you know, twist through the philosophy and the exercise and uh, that. So be careful. I agree with you, Alex. Rhett uh, in Alabama.
1: Uh, Rhett, what what part of Alabama are you in? Well, Banks, uh, Alabama.
0: Okay.
2: Well, <laughs> What's well got you be there? you be careful out there, Rhett. Then go ahead with your question.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. This has to do with the uh, uh, end of day, last days and stuff. Uh, Jesus told them uh, to learn the parable of the fig tree. He didn't say, suggest it, maybe learn it or something. He said learn it. And uh, I believe it's since 1948 when Israel became a state. That was the starting of that generation, that last generation. So uh, it's, yep. I think we're in that last generation.
2: That was mm-hmm. a miracle in 1948 that a nation that was just dispersed, uh, done away with, could possibly come back, and and it is amazing. And God did say, "Keep her eyes." Alex, we still need to keep her eyes on Jerusalem, don't we? we? We really do. I honestly believe that the
1: nation of Israel and Jerusalem is kind of the the thermostat almost for the, the moving forward of end times. And I, I do believe that the rebirth of Israel in 1948, and I'm so proud that our nation played a role in that under President Harry Truman, but that really started God's prophetic time clock ticking away. And uh, Bert, just uh, one of the things that tells me that we're in a spiritual world, and by the way, I see we have a, a lot of calls. That's wonderful. We will do our best to get to each and every one of you. So please hang on, folks. But, Bert, the animus and the animosity the world has
2: toward the nation of Israel, me. it shows that spiritual dynamics are at play. That's right. One of the House of Representatives members did not get put on a committee because of her anti-Semitic comments. And uh, let's stand strong. Stand strong for God, but also let's, let's do stand strong for Israel.
5: This is Pause to Pray a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today, we pray for Miguel Cardona, United States Secretary of Education. He serves as the principal advisor to the president and federal government on policies, programs, and activities related to education in our country. Proverbs 1-7 reminds us of the importance of education. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Secretary Cardona in his work at the Department of Education. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Pause to pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pause to
3: first timothy six tells us that godliness and contentment are an unbeatable combination but dr tony evans says that while both are in short supply these days one is a particular challenge in our culture he'll explain as we spend two minutes with tony
4: now i have on some different kind of shoes today and i ain't trying to be fly the reason why i have on these different kind of shoes today Is that today I've got an arthritis problem in my foot that they've not been able to resolve and it's quite painful and it is uh, causing me not to be able to move in a normal way because it is very painful so I was not able to wear normal shoes regular shoes the more expensive shoes I was not able to wear any of that Because my circumstances demand that I don't have to match today. I want to be comfortable today as I'm standing up here. So my circumstance, my base circumstance, which has me limping today, is a reminder about what really matters. What really matters now is not the style of my shoe, but the comfort of my feet. That's what matters right now. And God will allow discomfort in your life in order to place you in a point where you understand that you gotta be content sometimes that you still got a foot that can go in a shoe rather than the kind of shoe you're putting on the foot. If godliness is matched with contentment, then God will come to your aid. Learn why everything we have
3: comes from God and what He wants us to do with it. Check out Tony's CD series, Kingdom Stewardship, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. You will seek me and
0: find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. American Family Radio.
6: So let me go
2: That's what we do on Exploring the Word. Make much of Jesus, and I hope you're making much of Him in your life. Alex, where do we go to next? Well, we're going to go to Arkansas and talk
1: to Betty. Betty, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
3: Thank you.
2: Yeah, good good Uh,
3: afternoon.
5: How are y'all doing? Really,
2: really, really well. Thank you, Betty.
5: Okay. my question, I'm, I'm not on end of times, but um, it's something that's been plaguing me because I get so much disinformation. But, you know, I lost my son in 2019, my only son, and I take uh, comfort and joy in the fact that he's with our Lord. And you probably had this question before, but I didn't catch it. Um, I say, well... You know, he's with the Lord, so blah, blah. And and people say, well, not yet. He's asleep. And when the Lord comes back, I'm thinking, isn't it the body he comes back for that's asleep? Isn't my son's soul or his spirit with the Lord right now?
2: Betty, i say one, two things right on. You are right on. To be absent from the body for the believer is to be present with the Lord. Alex, that's pretty plain, isn't it? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with what you said, Betty, that his his spirit, his person, he is in the presence of the Lord, conscience, uh, awake, and in the presence of of Christ in heaven. And one day we will get a glorified body, but really this idea that we somehow sleep—I know old songs will talk about someone sleeping in the grave— but uh, we're not in this unconscious sleep state till someday when the trumpet uh, blows. We, The minute we uh, leave this world, we're awake, conscious in eternity. Now, you know, I read Luke 16, Bert, and there was uh, the, the beggar that died and went to heaven, conscious there, personally present in heaven. Then there was a rich man who didn't. And so heaven
2: and hell... Eternity is conscious, isn't it, Bert? It really is, and, and there's some mystery to it, Betty. We, we do not exactly know God. Everything the Bible says is accurate and good, and as far as we can read it and have understanding, it's great. But God left some things mysteriously out of it, I would say, exactly. It doesn't answer every one of our questions, but it gives us enough answers that it's clear that that individual who knows Jesus Christ goes to be of the Lord, and that person that does not know Christ is away from God in a place of torment, hell, and so separated from God. So your assurance is, is straight on. Thank you, Betty, for calling. Well,
1: Sarah in Virginia. Sarah, thanks for holding. And and I want to say I know we have a lot of people on hold. We'll do our best to get to you. So hang on, folks. We're coming to you. But right now in Virginia, it's Sarah.
6: Alex, Bert, thank you so much for your program. It really does help oldsters like me that tend to forget what we did know at one
2: time. <laughs> hey, uh, Sarah, I was with one guy, and he told me, he said, I already told you more than I know. Now, uh, <laughs> when when you get up our age, sometimes you have to watch out that you'll tell them more than you know. But Sarah, thank you for calling.
6: Well, thank you for hearing me. Uh, I just have a quick question, and I'm it's just a, a question to know what uh, I was. I'm in my fifth time of reading through the Bible, and I started it again this year. But I'm in Exodus right now, and I was reading about. God telling Moses the, uh, the dimensions of the temple and the building of it and this, that, and the other. I was trying to figure out, you know, I said, well, I know that's God's home, but what is the significance of us knowing all that?
2: Okay. <clears throat> Alex, let me put one or two things in. You take it away. I think it, what it says more than anything else, Sarah, God is a God of detail. The, I, when I read that, I know sometimes, like, okay, how big, how long? Uh, but God is a God of detail. You, on, you not only see that in nature. Look at what a honeybee can do with a flower. A- it's amazing, and it's the details all in it. But also in what God has given us, the details to look at that. Now, it's, they, they're, uh, the dimensions, yeah, that has some. But the areas and then the furniture that's in the holy place and the holy of holies really are important, aren't they, Alex? Uh, they they really are.
1: They really are. Um, Bert, do you remember you and I talked about it several years ago? There was a book, probably fifty years ago plus, but it was about Christ being pictured in the wilderness tabernacle. Oh yes, yes. Do you remember that? Yes. And there's there's another uh, book called the Gospel in Genesis. But uh, if you go in your church libraries, let me encourage you folks, many of your churches have libraries, and sometimes they've, they're have they not used all that much. But they're probably, if you have a, an older church library, there are some jewels in there. But uh, Sarah, let me just say this. God gave Moses the dimensions of the wilderness tabernacle. Now what's so interesting is, even though the... Israelites in the wilderness, certainly they wouldn't have comprehended all of these things, but the tabernacle, you know, just like the temple that would eventually be built by Solomon, there was the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. There was the, uh, the, the brazen laver where the priests would get ritualistically cleansed. There was in the inner court um the holy of holies that was the lampstand now think about this just and my goodness we could do a whole show uh tabernacle means dwelling place right and do you remember after christ had risen uh in the new testament says behold the dwelling place of god is with man see jesus the savior wants to dwell in your life i think about the lampstand and later on it talks about how each church that is uh empowered by the holy spirit Uh, The church is a lampstand, but really the presence of God working through a local church is the lampstand. I think about this, Bert. Imagine the outer court, the inner court, the Holy of Holies. It's almost like our Christian conversion journey. Uh, Maybe you're aware of Jesus. You know about Jesus. Then you get born again, and you spend your life growing in Jesus, you're in the inner court, one day you're going to be in the Holy of Holies. Amen. You're you're going to be (laughs) glorified. And Bert, Solomon would build it. Uh, Later, Herod would sort of rebuild it. But I think God gave that wilderness tabernacle because even back then, and we see it perhaps a little more clearly, it depicted our Savior who
2: would come. Amen. And and even the days, the holy days, they depict an avenue of who Jesus is. When you look at the Levitical cities that were set aside as cities of refuge, when you look at their meaning and where they were, you see Christ. That's the whole idea. I'm glad you brought this up, Alex. The whole Old Testament, uh, you look on every page and you look for Jesus. And uh, listen, he's there. And so, Sarah, thank you for that great call. That was a good call. Uh,
1: Pennsylvania. John in Pennsylvania, welcome to Exploring the Word.
7: Thank you. I a to nice speak with you, two. I had heard a lot, not long ago, where uh, there was a lot of conversation about the physical exercises and things within the church, which they brought to my mind about uh, book enemies within the church. But uh, the program that I had heard not much of uh, the speaking along this line that had taken place, I noticed there was one thing that was never mentioned, and that was martial arts. And mm-hmm. I had in the three different martial arts participated, but when it got to the point where, and they always did, where religion was brought into the picture, which then I immediately quit. And therefore, I didn't even hear anything on that program. Have you given much thought about martial arts? Because a lot of people want to be healthy physically, so you can be, you know, physically, yeah, and then mentally be silent as well. Oh. So, okay, I yeah. there anything on that?
2: thank you john let me tell you my experience as a pastor what we did it was a period of time when so much again it's been a while uh but attacks on women were taking place and what we did we offered these classes in our gym where i was pastor and we had some instructors there that had learned uh, some of the martial arts how to do it and how women could protect themselves it was it was well attended they turned it and shared scriptures with you about defense and about how to, you know, hold your ground. So, Alex, a lot, it's kind of like what we do with, uh, December the 25th, uh, mm. December the 25th that, Oh, that's an evil day. Well, the Bible says every day is a day, you know, but yeah. what we've done is redeemed. So this issue of martial arts or, or you know, I would say self-defense uh, it can be used for good, can it? Would you say so? It, or it, it can,
1: and I've known a lot. I'm thinking of a pastor right now, and there's uh, MMA, mixed martial arts, and I know a pastor that has really done a lot of outreach by leading these courses, and I mean, it's just a beautiful thing to see, to see the athletic... Um, skill that a lot of these guys um, achieve for themselves, and young ladies, too. But I I will say this just as a caveat. Um, While it's clear, the vast majority of martial arts programs here in America, whether it be, you know, kung fu, judo, jiu-jitsu, and and the word dojo is like when uh, it's a, a group where you meet to go and learn these things, and churches have built outreach programs around these. Uh, Originally, though, I will say originally, though, um, these came out of a Buddhist philosophy. And Buddhism, one of the paths to enlightenment is self-denial. You don't give in to your desires. And so the martial arts worldview was definitely self-control, you know, submit yourself to discipline. And um, so I, I, I don't have a problem with physical fitness programs, you know martial arts, but let's make sure that we don't allow the false philosophies from which they were birthed centuries ago to influence what is taught in the church. I want to give that number it's triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. This is exploring the word the program on the American Family Radio network, where we do our best to answer your bible questions so triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty call us. We'd love to converse with you today. Maggie in Texas. Maggie, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the program.
5: Can can you hear me, Alex?
1: We sure can.
5: Can you hear me? Okay, Mm -hmm. because I'm on the app, and I didn't get to tell him that. But my question when I called Thursday, I was at the very end of the queue, because I kind of live in that area. I feel like that's where Lord called me to minister right now. I'm retired. I have time. Is the end days like Luke uh, 21, verse 36, where Jesus says to be prepared. L- watch at all times, you know, not when your Savior is coming and or when your Lord is coming and uh, pray always and that you may be counted worthy. So I kind of live there and I have this whole litany of questions. But the two main ones are how how could when the church is taken, one is taken, one is left, and I mean, how can people—I've heard that that there's going to be probably a great deception about how— why these people are all gone and all this but how could they not know if say the graves have been disturbed and overturned and say say there's a mom that's holding a baby and the mom is not saved and all of a sudden the baby is gone or what about me and my cats i do cat rescue what if i'm holding my cat is the cat going to drop to the ground (laughs) (laughs) or we don't know that part i guess but that's my
2: question my main part Maggie, thank you so much. I appreciate what you're doing and using your time wisely. I want to go back and make a general statement. In what we're talking about, there's still some mysteries. And if any of you want to take that out of eschatology, if you want to take it out of the creation, the mystery, uh, Alex, uh, if I I think they'll miss some of it, but there are answers for that. Uh, Yes, but I believe that some of the people that have been knowledgeable about the rapture, they will see that, and hopefully they can and will be saved. Others, Mm -hmm. ignorance. I mean, what we have around 2,000 languages that doesn't even have the Bible in their uh, vocabulary. We have 1,700 people groups that doesn't even have a witness of Christ in their area. So there's going to be a lot of of people ignorant of even what is taking place.
1: Well, and again, I want to encourage people, over the weekend, read Matthew 24. You know, he's talking about, like, in the days of Noah, and that people were eating and drinking and living. They didn't know the flood was coming. And in Matthew twenty four forty and 41, it says, "...then two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, and one will be left. Two will be grinding at the mill, and one is taken." And one is left, and Jesus says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Now, in Second Thessalonians 2, 11, it says that there will come a strong delusion so that people will believe not the truth. Now, Bert, uh, you know, with uh, a va- the vast majority of the population suddenly gone and there's pandemonium, I honestly think that um, people are going to be so panicky uh, that the Antichrist is going to seize control of the world population because, you know, I mean, imagine cars wrecked, the power is out, food supply is interrupted. What's so sad, and folks, you don't want to be left behind, is I think people are going to be very vulnerable, easily leadable and manipulatable because after the rapture... For a while, the the world is going to be just in a a panic And the Antichrist is not only going to offer leadership He's going to seize control Well, um, Paul, Mary, Richard, we're going to get to you Stay tuned, folks And if you want to call in, folks This is Fire Away Friday Bert Harper, Alex McFarland, the American Family Radio Network We'll do our best to get to your questions The number, if you have a Bible question 888-589-8840. Friendships is offering an exciting
0: opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with God, become physically fit, and learn relief
3: ministry while serving in the Middle East. This is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks' one-year scholarship program at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. That's 337-433-5022.
0: The next session begins August 19th. Introducing AFA Streaming, a new online platform that hosts all AFA-produced video content, including documentaries, church curriculum, American Family Radio
3: shows, and our Cultural Institute series. The Constitution only works in the atmosphere of Christianity.
6: Critical race theory and intersectionality are new religious frameworks. The Christian must say, As Paul said to the Galatians, there is no new gospel.
0: AFA Streaming is a vital step that we are taking to fulfill our vision to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. You'll find top-notch resources that address the issues of our day related to marriage, family, the sanctity of life, and many others. Start streaming today, streaming.afa.net. Like Emery, harder than Flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them or be dismayed before them, though they are a rebellious house. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute.
2: The legal persecution of Jack Phillips continues. The Coloradan partially vindicated by the U.S. Supreme Court for standing fast in his commitment to God's design for marriage when he refused to make a custom cake celebrating a homosexual wedding is now before the Colorado Court of Appeals. The state court has ruled that Jack has now violated
0: Colorado's non-discrimination law by refusing to make a custom cake celebrating transgenderism. Tolerance was never the goal of the LGBTQIAP
4: activism. Submission to rebellion is.
0: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
6: Well, we are so
1: honored that you're listening to the program today. This is Alex McFarland along with Pastor Bert Harper. It really is a privilege, and and folks, I want to say with all of our heart, thank you, thank you for listening to the show and uh, calling in. And we're going to keep on answering Bible questions. Paul in Ohio, Paul, you've got a Bible name, you know that.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, I've been told that before. And uh, What's, yeah, my middle name is Joseph, by the way. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> double. Uh, yeah. The, um, my thought on this, uh, you know, this is a trinity, uh, a trinity question, but the Bible talks about, you know, like uh, Revelations 22, verse 1, it talks about the Father and the Lamb, and then out from the throne is the river of life. And then the Bible talks about the Father and Son and then the Holy Spirit throughout, especially the New Testament, but it's in the Old Testament also. The whole Bible's about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but the uh, the one question I have is in Matthew chapter one, verses eighteen and twenty, and I'll just read the last part of it, and it says, "And she was found with child of the Holy Ghost." And then in verse twenty, and this is the angel consulting Joseph, and it says, "For that which is conceived in her, and Mary, is of the Holy Ghost." My question is, who is the actual father of Jesus Christ?
2: Okay. Uh, when he prayed, he would pray to the Father. Uh, it's it's kind of, let me put this in this scenario, Paul. and Alex, uh, you will comment later. But we've talked about people praying in the name of Jesus. But what if you say, oh, Father, hear my prayer. Or if you say, sweet Holy Spirit, work in my life. You're calling on, on God, aren't you? I mean, the same yeah. way with the Father. The Holy Spirit implanted the seed, but he uh the Father was the Father, wasn't he?
1: Absolutely. And you know, the, the whole the incarnation that God took on a human body and came into this world to be our Savior, um, there's a lot of mystery, but Bert, I would submit it couldn't have been achieved without the Trinity. And um by the way, on our Facebook page, a couple of weeks ago, our producer, Brent Austin, put up... Uh, I wrote an article about the Trinity, and I really think when we've got these things, you know, the birth of Jesus the Son, the Holy Ghost, the third member of the Trinity, the God the Father, uh, Bert, I think you have to understand, or it, not, not understand, because we can't completely understand, but the only way to make sense of it is... The Trinity, one God eternally existing, and yet manifesting himself to the world
2: in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All at the same time. Now this is the we have people. Yeah, I believe that, but they believe that when Jesus came to earth, that was God. The Father and the Holy Spirit, no, that and when he went back to heaven became the Holy Spirit. But no, there was all three at the same time at Jesus' baptism. The Father spoke, the Holy Spirit descended, and Jesus was being baptized all at the same moment, Alex. Yes,
1: exactly. And so um, to Paul's question, who was the father of Jesus? Well, he didn't have a biological father in terms of all other human births, but he was the son of the Father, from the Father, by the Father. And so uh, that's why he could say, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father— if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Amen. But Paul, great question. Mary in Oklahoma. Mary, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program.
6: Hi. I just love you guys. Um, I'm going to try to be quick. Um, so in I do believe that we are in end times, and my heart is broken every day about, I mean, every TV. You have to turn the TV off almost in every show but um <clears throat> my grandmother when I was five years old told me about Jesus and he has been my constant and the love of my life since then, my best friend. So, um when when I was so defeated about the world and never been sick a day in my life and Christmas Eve, I was hospitalized, I had a battle with COVID and it attacked my respiratory system and I lost my lung function. I had blood clots in my lungs, my leg. When when I was admitted, they said, you must be the most unlucky person in the world because everything that you can get with COVID, you have. And so for two days, 103 fevers, they thought I was dying. I had to get my attorney up. But as I walked in, the escort took my hand to take me to my room, and he said, I'm praying for you. The doctor in the ER said, I'm praying for you. The nurse that held my hand for two nights said, I'm praying for you. And so I remember laying there and God never stopped sending me people, housekeepers and nurses and physical therapists that he let me witness to because the Holy Spirit does live in me. But I was so lifted that people, you think nobody loves God anymore. and You're in this random hospital filled with so many sick people, but, you know, they can't even keep up and they're telling you they love you and they're praying for you and they come that aren't even there and then the other thing i wanted to say was someone told me to watch the show the chosen in the first three episodes i was kind of skeptical maybe with the format but i watched and started looking at you know the actual history of that show and 400 million people have live streamed that show. So, you hey, know what? Man. Yeah, the world is falling apart. It's the number one crowdfunded at $7.1 billion. So, yes, maybe we are coming to that revival and that the Holy <laughs> Spirit is talking to people. And I'm mm-hmm. just telling you that that illness, I lay there, and it's funny y'all answered that question because I remember. That knowing that I was going to die, and I had no fear. I mean, I, I didn't want to die because I want to die as a martyr. I want to be on that horse behind Jesus that He talks about in Revelation. But I said, God, do I go to sleep first, or do I? Am I seated with you, like it says in Timothy? And I'll answered that question, but. I mean, I didn't have any fear, and apparently Amen. he wasn't ready for me to go yet. It doesn't,
2: I'm glad, I, Mary. I'm thankful he did not, so you could share what God has done and where people has His people. He mm. really has. He always has. He had his. He has His people right where we need them at the right time. And Mary, mm. your testimony makes it clear of God's love for us, even in difficult, hard lawless days god's people are still there alex serving serving him and being i call them agents of god amen and being an encouragement and let's each one of us try to
1: be an encouragement mary god bless you thank you Uh, richard in mississippi richard welcome to exploring the word
3: hey i just want to tell y'all i love y'all's program i have a question about i heard a preacher preaching about this acts 22 verse 20. Well, he, he was talking about, uh, as Christians today, if we don't stand up and talk against this, uh, all this myth that's going on, like this transgender and abortions and stuff, he said, we're kind of like Peter. When Peter stood by watching uh, of Stephen,
2: it was like he was consenting to his death. I just wonder what y'all okay. thought about that. You're talking mm, about Paul yeah. in place of Peter, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Richard, uh, there is a time for silence and there's a time to speak up. The Holy Spirit of God will help you to know and to not speak up because of fear of what men may do to you. Uh, There's never a time for that, Alex. We are to make him known, aren't we? Well,
1: we really are, and, and I think not only witnessing and inviting people to church and being salt and light, but let me tell you, when it comes to voting and the leaders that we send to Washington, and it might be a little bit out of our comfort zone, but I think we've got to speak up because um, there there is moral evil, and free speech and freedom of religious expression hangs in the balance, and we, we can't just sit by passively, quietly We've got to be active and vocal, and I would encourage all of you to do that. Thank you, Richard. Well, how about Cindy in Virginia? Cindy, are you there?
5: Yes, good afternoon. Um, Yes,
1: thanks for holding.
5: I'm calling because I heard a question on the radio, and I don't know if it was your station. I assume it was, about why is the book The Song of Solomon in the Bible? And I never heard an answer. I have my own speculation that it's got to do with intimacy intimacy with the Lord Jesus. Um, But I sure would like your perspective.
2: (laughs) Okay, Cindy, thank you. Jesus even compared the church uh, and him with a bride and a groom. And so in the Song of Solomon, you see the love of a man for his wife. And again, it's not just uh, intimacy with a father, our our God, but it's intimacy between a husband and a wife. And that intimacy is so important. And it's expressed in the Song of Solomon in a very poetic, picturesque way, isn't it, Alex? It, It really
1: is. And, you know, this is one of those books that the inclusion of it, I think, is really a proof that the Bible is the divine word of God. Because it it's it was written by Solomon, you know, first Kings says that Solomon wrote over a thousand songs, and this is the song of songs. In other words, of all the songs Solomon composed, this is the best, and that's first Kings four that mentions that. But here here's a couple of ways. Uh you can look at the, the marital intimacy side of it, or you can look at the and they're both true the intimacy of the Savior for his bride, the church. And it is so pictorial and so beautiful. In terms of Hebrew uh, literature, it's called a lyric love poem. It really is. Now, when it comes to love and intimacy and marriage, I mean, uh, there's one way to look at things like that and just to deny it and deny any sort of romanticism, then there's the way the world perverts it, and there's just immorality and hedonism. But here's a balance. Here is the bridegroom that loves his bride. And Bert, I think it's a picture, ultimately, of Christ in the church, salvation, and that greatest marriage of all, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So um, clearly, I'll say this, we'll move on. If, if the Bible were something that humans were just making up, you wouldn't have a deeply, profoundly beautiful book like Song of Solomon. Yeah, I mean, right. uh, Song of Solomon and its inclusion in Scripture, that's just something that I think only God could have put together. It, beautiful. Really.
2: It has a dual purpose. It really does, that of magnifying the relationship that we have with Christ and magnifying the relationship that a husband and wife should have. What a book, yes.
1: Uh, Well, Joe in Arkansas, thank you for holding. Joe, you're on.
3: Okay, I was talking to a friend the other day, and uh, I talked about the year of Jubilee, and I said that I think this is God's way of perfectly balancing capitalism and socialism, because the problem with socialism is that it destroys people's incentive to work and produce, so everybody gets poor, And the problem with capitalism is that eventually all the wealth becomes accumulated in just a very few hands. And so God had the perfect way of balancing capitalism and socialism by um, saying, you know, the game of capitalism can go on for 50 years, so everybody has plenty of incentive to work and produce and profit and get rich, but then every 50 years, you know, all the debts are forgiven, and the land is redistributed to the original families that owned it, and everybody's back from back to square one again. And so, so, so this to me, you know, like I said, God has the best ideas, and this is this is the perfect way, you know, the God's idea of balancing capitalism and socialism. And I mm-hmm. wanted to get your comments on that point.
2: Okay, thank you, Joe. It's a beautiful picture. Let me share this with you. In the Book of Acts, the first part of it, uh, the. How God takes care of it is obvious. It's through his church. And here they were. uh, They did not not demand it, but through voluntarily giving up those that had wealth, like Barnabas, and giving it to those that did not. It was a year of jubilee all the year long. Uh, Alex, if you're right with a Christian and you do it appropriately guided by God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: By the way, the word jubilee, interestingly, means ram's horn. And what they would do every 50 years on the uh, 10th day of the 7th month, they would blow the ram's horn, and that would start the year of jubilee. Uh, There was uh, an economist from William & Mary University, Walter Williams. I don't know if you remember that name. And he had done the math, and I remember this is 20 years ago, but he did this study about what would happen if all debts were released, and some have what we would call big debts, some have what we might call smaller debts, but uh, it would work, believe it or not. It's a a great economic principle, and I think obviously it would work because it was uh, from the, the heart and mind of God. But uh, Jerry in Mississippi, Jerry in Mississippi, welcome to Exploring the
2: Word. A real short time, Jerry. Go right ahead.
1: Thank you. I'm looking for a
0: advice on an audio Bible that I can listen to on my phone while at work.
2: Okay. Oh, wow. Alex, wow. What? who is the most famous? Uh, Charlton Heston has one, but who is the great guy that has? Alexander done- Scorby. That's was it. The Alexander one. Scorby. Go ahead. And
1: You, you know, I know there are, there are some online that I think are free. Now, be careful when you look at stuff that's online. Some sites that we use, Bible Gateway and then Bible Hub, but there are some some of the cults have their own Bible sites. But let me encourage you to go to um, one of the, the online Christian bookstores, and there are several. And there, there are a number of even dramatized audio Bibles, Burt, with music and sound effects. And some of them are just beautiful, very moving. But, Jerry, God bless you for wanting to listen to the Word of God.
2: Craig from Oklahoma, we'd love to have gotten to you today. We tried. And uh, we call us back. We would love to talk with you and thank God for you, for you taking the time to call us. Alex, uh, am I right that we will be in Proverbs 13 on Monday? That's
1: right, Proverbs chapter 13. And uh, you tune in if you would. We'd be very honored if you would. Hey, go to church on Sunday and invite somebody. Bring somebody into the sound of the Word of God. Thanks for listening to the show. God bless you. Tell somebody about AFA. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus.
5: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.